0: Right, guys, hey, we are in part 2 of our series Shift and I'm going to pray for us and we're going to dive right in uh, this morning here. All right, we're going to have fun today. So, let's uh, let's pray really quick. Father, I thank you that you are right here with us today. God, you are in this room and Jesus, I know that you have promised that your word never returns void. God, there's never a time when your word is open and nothing happens. God, your word is living and active, you said. You said it's sharper than a double-edged sword. And so what that means is, God, it can, it can get down inside of us today. For the people that, for the person that's come, and, and they're not looking to get anything out of this. God, your word, because it's yours, because you wrote it. It has the ability, God, you can take your word, and God, you can drive it home into people's lives You can bring life where there isn't any. You can bring hope where there isn't any. And so, God, I pray that you would wake us up right now, give us energy, give us everything we need to hear from you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, hey, you know what, today we are in part two, like I said, of our series, Shift. And, um, you know, how many of you would agree that there are some things that just go better with something else. You know what I mean? Like, there are some things that they're just not meant to be alone. Can we agree with that? I mean, can, can we all agree for a second that there are some things that when you think about them, naturally you think about something else, right? Now, maybe, maybe you're not tracking with that. So let me, uh, let me give you some examples right here. I've got peanut butter. Who loves peanut butter? If you love peanut butter, raise your hand. If you would eat your shoe dipped in peanut butter, raise your hand. Hallelujah, glory to God. All right, now, but here's the question. Here's the question, watch. When you think peanut butter, you think also of what? You know you do, right? Because one goes together. You think peanut butter, you think jelly. Peanut butter, jelly time, that's what you think, right? I I got another example. I got another example. Chips, what? Yes, chips. And listen, who doesn't love a good chip? Love chips? And when you think chips, you also think what? Dip, salsa, right? I got up here on the stage, I've got some queso. That's cheese, y'all, cheese. Queso is cheese, they didn't mean speak in tongues. Sorry, sorry, right? But when you think of one, and you automatically think of the other, there's just some things in life. There are certain things that have been made in life, and they're just not meant to be alone, just like you and me just like peanut butter and jelly chips and salsa you think of one you can't help but think of something else because they're not meant to be alone so are you and i not designed to be alone but see here's the problem the problem especially especially as americans and it's a great thing you know we love our country we praise god for the opportunity to live here but as americans we really pride ourselves on our independence don't we And so we can become so independent and rough and tough and you hear people say it all the time, man, I don't need nobody like me, right? I don't need nobody, right? And here's what happens. That can make its way into the church and we spiritualize it a little bit so that we begin to think, you know what? I've got Jesus, I don't need anybody else. So unintentionally maybe, here's where a lot of people are in the room right now. A lot of people in the room right now you're at a place where you could describe it as Jesus and me. Jesus and me. Well, what we're doing in this series is we're talking about making three specific shifts that God wants us to make. And if we make those different decisions, just by three little shifts that we can make in our lives, we could see 2015 be a year unlike any other. Our relationship with God could be revolutionized just by making three, these three changes, these three shifts that, we've, that we're talking about in this series. So last week, and you can listen to it on the website, last week we talked about making the shift from what we do for God to what, God does for us, what God's done for us, rather. Making the shift from what we do for God to what God has done for us. Well, here's the shift that we're talking about today. Today we're going to learn how to make the shift from Jesus and me To Jesus and we. Today we're going to discover how to make the shift from Jesus and me to Jesus and we. Can we all just say that together that we're going to make the shift from, here we go, Jesus and me to Jesus and and we thank you for the four people that helped me out. So if you got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up to Acts chapter two. Okay, Acts chapter two is where we're going to be. Uh, you can turn it on on your phone if you've got it on your phone, or uh, however you've got a copy of the Bible. Go ahead and get that bad boy ready. Acts chapter two, and we're going to be in verses forty-two through forty-seven. Okay, that's where we're going to be at today. And, and as you're turning there, um, if, you're, if you're if you're new to the Bible or maybe you've just never been in the book of Acts before, the book of Acts is the story how the church got started. In fact, last year we did a series to go along with Impact, uh, those things go along together. Last year we did a series called Impact, and we went through the book of Acts. You can go to our website or on our app, you can listen to that whole series. We went through the book of Acts, we wrote a devotional to help you read it chapter by chapter, you can go check that out, but Acts is the story of how the church got started. Well, when you go to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 is literally the birth of the church. I mean, right in Acts chapter 2, this is the very first sermon in the history of the church. The Holy Spirit comes and fills those early Christians, and then we meet, it. we've seen a guy follow Jesus, his name's Peter. Peter stands up and he preaches what is actually the very first sermon in the history of the church, and listen to this, when he preaches that sermon... 3,000 people get saved. That's a big day. 3,000 people give their life to Jesus. So the lights go down, the band starts to play, and they do the invitation. 3,000 people give their life to Jesus, and a great question is, what happened next? The 3,000 people get saved, you can read it in Acts chapter 2. We're not going to look at that in just a second. But what happens after that? You've got this explosive Start what happens after that. Let's read what happens after Peter preaches the first sermon in the history of the church and 3,000 people give their life to Jesus. Let's read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says this. This is what happened next. Watch. And they, that's everybody that just got saved and those Christians who were remaining after Jesus went back to heaven. About 120 people. Okay, So 3,000 people just got saved, then the 120 that were left after Jesus went back to heaven. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. And they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now watch this next verse, if you will. Would you underline this next verse? Highlight it if you've got your own Bible. Uh, You might want to highlight it on your Bible app or whatever. Watch verse 46. This is a big deal. Verse 46. And day by day attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes. We're going to come back to that. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. So 3,000 people give their life to Jesus. This is how the church gets started. Now let's watch this, okay? Now Let's just do a little Bible study this morning. Can I do a Bible study? doesn't matter really what you say. I've got a Bible and a mic. I'm kind of dangerous, okay? So so let's just let the Bible say what it says, all right? Let's just let the Bible say what it says this morning. 3,000 people meet Jesus. What's God telling them to do next? 3,000 people, the church, Christianity as a movement is started in Jerusalem. We're reading it this morning. What happens next? Let's read verse 46 one more time. And day by day, attending the temple together. Stop for a second, put the brakes on it, look at me. Attending the temple together, what happens? 3,000 people give their life to Jesus, and watch this. The Holy Spirit naturally leads these people to make the decision, I need the church let me say that again I heard one amen over here I would amen that like if I was y'all I'd amen that I might have chest bumped my neighbor a little bit spike my bible did a little happy dance let me say that again 3,000 people meet Jesus and the Holy Spirit naturally leads them to the decision I need the church that's a big deal see you're reluctant hang on because I'm glad you're here because you're reluctant I'm gonna talk you into something today I need the church 3,000 people meet Jesus, and the next thing the Holy Spirit says, says to them is you can't do life alone. Now, see, I know what you're thinking, because it was in your voice. I, like, I knew there was not going to be, I love the church. Woo! I knew you weren't going to do nothing. And here's why. Here's why. Because a lot of you hate the church. Maybe you're here today or you're listening to this podcast, you love Jesus, and you ain't sold on the church yet. And listen, here's why. Because you've met some mean Christians. Has anybody ever met some mean Christians? That's right, there's an amen right there. All of a sudden we woke up, right? Amen, I know some jerks, right? Has some bad church experiences, Anybody? Right? I said it before. I've been to church, churches that are deacon-possessed. You know what I'm saying? Right? Right? Hey, hey, let's get real for a second. That's, the, some, for, that's in for everybody. For some of you, though, that's the reason you're in this church. You left the last one because that's what happened to you. I'm talk, I talked to you. Like this is the story that I hear. I left this church because this happened. Mark, I'm coming to your church. I haven't been to church in 15 years because this happened to me in a church and nobody should ever go through that. And I want to say to you that you're right. You are totally right. If there should ever be a place of grace and love and acceptance, it's the church, right? Right? There, that's true of any church. Doesn't matter if you're contemporary, traditional, doesn't matter what denomination, non-denomination, if there should be a place of love, acceptance, and grace, it should be the church. But here's what happens. The church is filled with imperfect people. And when imperfect people get together, imperfect, imperfect people can mess up some stuff. So I don't know, maybe today is your first time and you've come today and you're looking for the perfect church. And I've, I've said this before, I say it all the time, let me just stop your search today, the perfect church doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, and if you find the perfect church, don't go there because you'll mess it up, right? There, there's no such thing as, perf- as a perfect church because churches are filled with people, and people are imperfect. But let me say this: if you're here and and man, you you you're sold on Jesus, you love Jesus, but you don't know yet about the church. Let me just say this: Can I just? Can I just implore you for just a few minutes with me today, can I just implore you, I know you've had that bad experience, and what happened to you at that church, and what they said, and what happened, that was awful. But can I ask you to not judge the whole body of Christ based on your experience at that church? Do, do you see that? Because here's what happens a lot of time. I talk to people all the time. Mark, I, I, I'm, that happened to me. They said that. I'm never going back. All churches are the same. No, no, no. You don't do that in every other area of your life. How many of you have ever had a bad lunch experience? Raise your hand. A bad lunch experience. Put your hands down. Did you stop eating lunch? Raise your hand. No, you didn't. Somebody's like, Yes, I did stop eating lunch. Liar. You're lying. Right? No, no. You wouldn't do that in any other area, so don't do it to Jesus' church. But the Holy Spirit naturally led these people to the decision you know what? I need the church, I can't do life alone. And this is a side note. This is completely free. But you know what? If you want to make a shift in 2015 that will revolutionize your life, here's a really simple shift that you can make. And I promise you, I guarantee you, if you make this shift, you get to the end of the year, we'll have a conversation about how your year was different because you did this shift. Here it is. Take church from an option to a priority. If you take church from an option to a priority, that's a shift that will revolutionize your life. An option, oh, you know what, I'm not going to go because something good was on TV. Not going to go because this is going on. You know what, I'll, I'll go if I'm free. No, 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 listen, listen, listen. Obviously, if you're sick, don't go. Life happens, don't go. You know what, if you're out of town, that's fine. Vacation, that's, that's fine. Unforeseen zombie apocalypse, that's fine as well. But you know what, if ch- unless all those are going on, I'm going to be there. Because church is not an option, it's a priority. That's a shift. A change of life. But watch what happens, because see, when it says that they gathered in the temple together, that's big gatherings like this. A lot of people in a room, hundreds of people, for them, over 3,000 people in a room worshiping Jesus. But then they said this, we need more. We need more because, you know what, in a crowd this size, we can be just a face in the crowd. Do you know that? In a church this side where hundreds of people, we had over 500 people last Sunday at Summit. 517 is what we had last week. In a church of 500 people or, or more, I can be a face in the crowd." nobody might even know that I'm there. These people thought, you know what, in a church over 3,000, this is dangerous. Because we could slip in, slip out, and nobody would know that we're here. We need something else. Watch what they do. Let's continue to read. Day by day, attending in the temple together, watch this, we're just reading the Bible, we're just letting the Bible talk to us today, and breaking bread in their homes. They received food with glad and generous hearts. Breaking bread in their homes. What's that? Small groups of people that got together to encourage one another and help each other walk with Jesus. Said big, big church is great. Big church on Sunday is great. But we need something else. What do we need? We need people to know that we're here. We need people to help us do life with. We need people to help us walk with Jesus. So we're gonna get together in small groups of people because here's what they knew. They knew that church should be sticky. They knew that church should be sticky. I was thinking about this this week. Um, my kids love candy. My kids love candy. Like, if there's, a, if there's candy within a mile radius of my kids, their candy radar goes off and they know it. Like, they love candy. And my little daughter, she's, uh, her name's Chloe, she's three years old, she loves candy, and, but you know what, she has this habit of getting it all over her, and when she gets it all over her, she gets real sticky. And so like maybe she's eating candy in the backseat of the van sometimes and all of a sudden we'll hear this, oh, it's on me. And we'll look back and there's sucker snot all over her arm, you know, and like the, the wrappers all over her left eye and, you know, oh, it's on me. She's sticky, right? Or, 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 here, here's one, here's one. Um, have you ever used crazy glue when you accidentally crazy glued your fingers together? No, me either then, me either, I've never, just want to see if you can relate. Moving on, but um, sticky, right? Hard to pull it apart. Church should be sticky. You know what makes church sticky? Relationships. Relationships. There isn't anybody in this church that can remember the sermon I did four weeks ago, including me, right? You know what gets people to stick in any church? Relationships. In fact, let me prove it to you. I'm gonna, I, I, I want to talk to us about something here in a second, but I wanted to do more than just talk to you about it. I wanted you to hear, hear a story about how church can be sticky. Because listen, when church is sticky, when church is sticky, people know your name. When church is sticky, you can't just slip in and slip out. People know you. Listen to me, here's one. When church is sticky, you don't attend there, you belong there. And that's what you want. You don't want just a place to attend. You want a place to belong, don't you? So I want to introduce you. I don't need to introduce this guy to most of you. Derek, come on up. This is Derek Allen. Derek's coming right now. Let's give it up for Derek. Derek's coming to sing a solo. (laughs) And uh, he's walking away. Let's use Ricky's mic if we can. This mic's not coming on, so let's use Ricky's mic. Hey, Derek is uh, the leader of our basketball life group. He's on our leadership team uh, here at church. His family is awesome. A lot of you know him and you love him. If not, this is Derek. And Derek has an awesome testimony about how this church became sticky for them. So go ahead, bro.
1: What's up, Summit? Summit. Hey, uh, so Mark just asked me to talk a little bit this morning about Life Groups, and, and uh, I just want to encourage everybody to get involved in the Life Groups. We're doing sign-ups today, and he'll talk to you a little bit more about that. Um, but Life Groups had a profound impact on me and my family, and that's just kind of what I want to share uh, this morning. So my wife, Stacey, and I, we've been uh, you know, in Summit for probably over a little bit over two and a, two and a half years, um, and Life Groups were a big part of, of us getting involved. You know, We're partners here now, and we we're both baptized here and all that, um, and Life Groups helped us along that way. So when we first came to Summit two and a half years ago or so, um, we loved it automatically. You know, we came in and the environment here we just loved the the music we loved the way that Mark brings the word each week we loved and and we knew that Summit was a place that we wanted to be each and every Sunday. But for the first two or three months that we were here, it was every Sunday and then the next Sunday and there was not a lot in between there. You know, we would talk about the sermons at home and things like that, but it was a Sunday to Sunday thing. and in a church that you know, has regular attendance of four or five hundred a week, like mark said it 's easy to just be a face in the crowd or a butt in the seat and um, for us that 's kind of what we were for a while we didn 't really know a lot of people when we were here um, didn 't have a lot of friends that went here or anything like that and uh, It was until we got into a life group that we really felt like we were we became part of the church you know for for a long time, we loved the church, but I, we didn't really feel like we were part of it um, and I remember it was a Sunday a lot like this. And Eric, Stacy, and Paige Stacy were up here, and they were kind of giving a testimony, just like I am, and they were talking about their experience uh, in Life Group, and, and that kind of hit up, hit home with us. And we decided that we wanted to to get involved after that. I remember there was this big uh, dramatic part of Eric's speech. I've not gone over any of this with him, by the way, so surprised. But he, this big dramatic moment where he said he was getting ready to go to Life Group one night, and there was a fork in the road, and he could either go right and head up to Life Group, or he could cut a left and go through Taco Bell drive through. And thank God he went to life group because Taco Bell drive is pretty rough. Uh, but uh, but they got up here and they gave that big you know that big testimony and it hit home with us. And we decided Stacey and I that we wanted that. We wanted to to get to know people in our church and build relationships with in our church um, and be a part of it, not just be here like a visitor. Um, and that's that's what we did. And so today, you know, we know so many different people here, and we grew close to people. And in life groups, you build those relationships, and they quickly become a lot like family. And, you know, we're just so close to so many people here at our church, and there's uh, there's support in that. You can talk to those people, uh, you know, about things going on in your life, and you're not doing life alone. You're, you're sharing things with them, and you're getting support from them, and you have accountability in that. And it's just, it's been a great experience, and it really helped us to take the next steps that God was calling us to take and things like partnership and baptism and all that. Um, and I just thank God for being part of a life group and I encourage all of you guys to, to get involved in, in one, um, and help our church, you know, be sticky and build those relationships and and don't do life alone. So thanks.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks dude. Awesome. Man, hey, I love what he said there. Did you hear what he said? That they had come for a long time and didn't feel like they really connected, didn't feel like they really knew anybody until they joined a group. Let me ask you a weird question this morning. It sounds weird, but I'll explain it. Who is your we? You know, we're making the shift today from Jesus and me to Jesus and we. Who's your we? W E, not W I I. Okay, so, you know, we're. Oh, we're giving away we's today. You get a we. You, no, it's not like that. Who's your we? Can you name a group of people that know you, love God, love you, can speak truth into your life, can walk with you when life is hard? Can, do you have a we? You need one. I need one. In fact, right now, really quick, I want to I give you five reasons why you're going to need one in 2015. You're not going to make 2015 with, if you don't have a we. I want to give you five reasons why every single one of us, including me, need a we in 2015. It's real simple. You already know it. I'm not going to blow anybody away. But this is just how 2015 works because this is how life works. First reason you need a we this year, first reason something unexpected is going to happen. Isn't that true? This year, something unexpected is going to happen. It's not in your day planner. You're not counting on it. But ju- life just works this way, that it's going well, and then all of a sudden you get a curveball. You lose your job. You get that diagnosis. That person stabs you in the back. Something happens in your life. Something unexpected happens. The Bible calls it a trial. The Bible calls it a burden. It's going to happen. And when it happens, I love this verse. Look at this, Galatians chapter 2. It says this, bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. And the idea is this, don't carry that stuff alone. When the unexpected comes and that phone call comes and the bottom drops out of life, don't walk through it alone. Some of you, your problem right now is you're carrying stuff by yourself you were never meant to carry alone. And what happens is you need people, you need a we in your life who know what you're going through and they can say, you know what, I am with you in this. You are not alone in this. And hey, you know what? Listen, if 2015 doesn't bring the unexpected for you, it'll bring the unexpected for someone you know. Don't let them walk through it alone. You need to be, I need to be somebody else's we so that when that happens for them, because we want it to happen for us, when it happens to us, people will look at us and say, you know what? I'm going to carry the weight with you. Something unexpected is going to happen. Don't. Don't walk through it alone. Hey, another reason that you need a we in 2015 is because you've got a decision to make. You have a decision to make. You're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to take that promotion? Are you going to go for that new job? Are you going to ask that girl out? Are you going to marry that guy because he smells funny and you don't know? Right? What, what are you going to do? Hey, here's something if you're taking notes, write this down. The best way to make a bad decision is to make it alone. say that again, the best way to make a bad decision is to make it alone. Here's why I say that. I love this verse, Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, plans fail, but with watch, watch, watch. With many advisors, they succeed. Man, that is true all day, every day. You want to make a bad move? Make a decision alone, by and large. So if you're off on your own, calling your own shots, hey, it's Jesus and me. I don't need anybody else. I've seen a lot of people in that same scenario make a bad move. I'm telling you, somebody in this room's got a decision to make. Don't you dare make that decision alone because the best way to make a bad decision is to make it alone. You need a we to help you make that decision. Another reason you need a we is because you need to be encouraged. Be encouraged. You're going to need to be encouraged at some point this year. Somebody in the room is going to want to walk away from God. It's just true, It's just life. You're going to look at your life, and you're going to feel stuck spiritually. You're going to feel like you're not making a movement spiritually towards God. You're going to look at your friends. Man, they're growing. Why aren't I growing? You're going to get discouraged. You're going to want to give up, and you need to be encouraged. That's why the Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Encourage one another and build one another up. Man, what would happen is it, what would happen to our church if if one of the things our church constantly did we were constantly encouraging one another, building one another up because somebody in the room you're convinced God's not working in your life right now and you need a we who can speak into your life and say no 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 listen we all see it. And you're not who you used to be. You are growing. You are more patient. You are more loving. You are more kind. The fruits of the Spirit, man, those things are, those things are in your life. Do you have people that are speaking to you that way? Oh, hey, here's one. Are you speaking to anybody that way? When's the last time you encouraged somebody? If you can't remember, do it before you go to bed tonight. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 2015, somebody in the room, is going to need to be encouraged. Not only that, but, here's number four, you're going to need to be prayed for. You're going to need people to pray for you this year. I love this verse. Oh, this is a strong verse, James five sixteen. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Pray for one another. Let me ask you a simple question. You know the answer as soon as I say it. Is anybody praying for you? I mean specifically, in a very specific, not in a generic way, I mean in a specific way. They know you. They know what your struggles are. They know your life. Is anybody praying for you? I'm sure somebody is. Man, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. You need a group of people who, you know what, those people are lifting me up those people are praying for me they are going to god on my behalf and they are approaching the throne of grace at least once a week and they are talking to jesus christ about me and about my marriage and about my finances and about my future and about getting into that school is anybody praying for you that way teenagers anybody praying for you that way You need people to pray for you. And listen, I know because of pride it's hard to admit we need people to pray for us, but we just need to push through the pride and admit, you know what? I need you to pray for me. Here, I'll lead us. Church, I need you to pray for me. Will you do that? Nobody said they would. Dang it. Man. But no kidding, really. I need need people to pray for me. Because, I, listen, listen, I don't know how you think pastors are. I know in a lot of churches they think pastors are this guy on top of a mountain cape flapping in the wind to live as Christ, to die as gain. Jesus, right? No struggles, right? He's like Commissioner Gordon in the bedroom is the red phone direct line to Jesus and Batman. You know what I'm saying? No issues in his life. He's a pastor, got it all together. I don't know that guy. It ain't me, dude. And if I'm up here acting like it was me, I can tell you my wife wouldn't go to this church, right? She would not go here, right? And nobody that knew me I need people to pray for me. Man, I struggle with fear a lot. I get discouraged easily. I need people to pray for me, and so do you. So do you, men, women. I need people to pray for you. Here, number five, watch this. I love this one. You can't become who Jesus wants you to be without the people around you. That's just true. You can't become the people that Jesus wants you to be. You can't become the person Jesus wants you to be without the people around you. See, Jesus doesn't save us to punch our ticket to heaven and then that's it. Jesus saves us to change us and make us more like him. Theologically, it's the word sanctification. He begins this changing process, man, where he gets his hands just down dirty into our lives. And he begins to change us and to make us different people from the inside out. And listen, yes, you can grow spiritually on your own. You can, that's why the beginning of the year, it's a great time to try to build regular Bible reading and stuff like that in your life. You can grow spiritually on your own, but make no mistake about it, you cannot become the person Jesus wants you to be by yourself. You can't. You you need help from the people around you. So who's your we? Because listen to me, when these things happen, when these things happen, when the unexpected happens, when you're at that crossroads and you don't know what the decision needs to be, when you need to be encouraged because you're about to walk away, when life's hard and you need people to pray for you. Listen to me. We have a spiritual enemy, and his name is the devil. And I am telling if you've been listening to this sermon thinking, oh, man, I come here, and this is one of those cute little life group spiels, this is one of those cute little uh, church sermons, listen to me. When life is hard, I am telling you this is true. When life is hard, the very first thing that the devil will tell you is quit church. Has anybody experienced that? Yes. When life is hard, one of the very first things that the enemy will whisper to you is walk away from church. Quit serving. Quit going to that life group. Back away slowly. He knows this is a... He knows this is a lethal shift from his perspective. Because if you make this shift, you know what? I mean, I need some help this year. I I need accountability in my life. I'm going from Jesus and me to Jesus and we. Man, you you put a guard up around your life that's hard for the enemy to break through. Who is your we? So Mark, how can I make that shift? How can I make the shift from Jesus and me to Jesus and we? Join a life group. Join a life group. Just like Derek said, today we're beginning, we're beginning sign-ups for the life group winter semester. Now maybe today's your very first day at Summit. You're like, what in the world is a life group? Here's what life groups are. They're small groups of people. that get together. They talk about Jesus, and they hang out, and they become friends. Because one of the most beautiful things that can happen in this church is when you're in a small group of people and people are naming your name, they're praying for you, they're wondering where you are, you can, you can get lost in a sea of faces and some, listen to me, I am telling you, we are only going to grow. We are not slowing down, shifting into neutral. We, our church won't stop until hell shuts down. And listen, that's not going to happen. We want to see heaven more full and hell vacant. So we are going to continue gr- to go and to reach people. I am telling you that God is going to bring more people. So here's what that means I can, become a, I can become lost in a sea of faces. What do I need to do? I need a we in my life. Teenagers, you need a we in your life. Moms, dads, you need a we, Grandparents, you need a wee, a small group of people who know you, stare you in the eye week to week or whenever you get together, they are praying for you and they know you. How can that happen in this church? Join a life group. Join a life group. Get in a small group where people are talking about God, they're growing in their relationship with God, they're praying for you All of a sudden, you've got friends at church. And listen, it doesn't matter who you are or what your schedule looks like. We honestly, we've got a group for you. We do. So today, hopefully you got one when you walked in. If not, it's it's right there in the lobby. We put a brochure together about all the groups that we're offering starting the very last Sunday of January. We've got a group that's going to get together and play cards and talk about Jesus. Somebody got I was told to get up on stage and call it Poker for Jesus. So if you want to be in the Poker for Jesus group, sign up for that group, bro. Sign up, we got that group. Hey, hey, if you're into video games, we got a lot of guys that are into, into Call of Duty and Halo and all that stuff. You're in the gamer, you're, you're a gamer, you're into that, sign up for the gamers group. Hey, I'm leading a group on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. You don't believe there's a God, you don't know if we can trust the Bible. I'm leading a group called The Reason for God. I'd love to have you in my group. We got a men's group. We've got women's groups. We've got a group that's meeting Sunday night called It's Not Too Late. And if you're at a stage in your life or you're looking at your life based on your past and you're thinking, it's too late for God to use me, you need to join It's Not Too Late because I want to tell everybody in this room, it is not too late. God does have a plan and a purpose for your life. And I'm telling you that joining that group can be the thing that God uses to revolutionize your life. You need to join that group. Some of you are looking at you saying, man, I'm too busy. My work, I, I work nights. I work all kinds of crazy hours. I don't have time to get together with a group during the week. You should join one of our serve groups. That serves in guest services or kids or our social media team, production. You should join one of our serve groups because, so, because throughout the week, those people are texting each other. They're Facebooking each other. They're helping each other walk with Jesus. And then they come here and they serve together. I am telling you, the shift From Jesus and me to Jesus and we could save your life. It could. It could save your life. And right outside those doors, right outside those doors, we've set up all kinds of tables and every group is represented out there so that today you can sign up for a group. If you got to go, you left the oven on and your house is on fire, go. you you, Free to go. You can sign up for Life Groups on our app. Download the Summit Church Hazard app. It's available for Apple, Android devices. Click on the groups icon. You can sign up for a group right now, right now while I'm talking, on our app. You can go to summithazard.com. Go to the Life Group page. You can sign up for a group right there. Here's what the devil is telling somebody. Don't do it. You don't need those people. You don't need those people. The devil is wrong. Yes, you do. Because we're all weaker than we want to admit. And we need Jesus more than we want to admit. And the thing that Jesus would use, maybe, to save your life, to keep you going, to save your marriage, to revolutionize your parenting, might be, people around you today so we all stand for closing prayer let's all stand we're going to pray and i'm going to dismiss you and, and literally right outside of those doors all of those groups are represented. I would encourage you, take a few seconds, go from table to table. You can ask questions if you want. Hey, sign up for a group today. Just, just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and sign up for a group today. Middle school, high school students, you can sign up for one of those groups. Middle school, high school students, hey, you know what? If you're like, man, I don't know which group to sign up for. I don't know if I have a we come to storm tonight. Do it tonight, man. Sign up for a group out there. There's a group for you. But here's what I know. Here's what I know before we pray. There's somebody in here right now who needs encouraged. There's somebody in this room right now who needs prayer. There's somebody in this room right now and the unexpected has happened. And maybe there's somebody in this room right now who needs Jesus Christ to come into their life for the first time. And so before we leave and before we go out there, this is an opportunity for all of us to do business with God today. Pray with me, dear Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you know us and you love us and you give us opportunities like this. And God, we don't want to let it. We don't want to let it slip by. We we don't want to let this slip by when there might be somebody in the room that needs prayer, that needs encouraged. Somebody did get that diagnosis this week. Somebody did study hard for that test and it turns out it didn't go well and they're not going to get into that program and they don't know what to do. Somebody in here is marriage. It's not going the way that they hoped it would. Go on and on and on. But God, right now, just have your way in this room. Just have your way right now. In Jesus' name, with no one looking around, no one is looking. If you're here today, you say, Mark, you know what? That is me. The unexpected has happened. I need prayer. I need encouragement. That's me. Mark, would you just raise your hand right now? Say, man, I just need, some, I just need somebody to pray for me. Raise your hand right now. I need encourage. Would you raise your hand right now? Just raise your hand up right now. Tons of hands are going up all over this room. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you take a bold step this morning? If you've got your hand raised, you raise your hand. Say, man, I need courage this morning. I need prayer this morning. We've got people ready in the back of the auditorium right now. Would you just slip out of your aisle right now, head right to the back of this auditorium, and we just want to pray for you right now. Let's not leave today until we do business with God, and we're shifting from Jesus and me to Jesus and we. You you can tell people as much as you want. You don't need to tell anybody. We just want to encourage you today. Hey, you know what? We are in this with you. So if you raise your hand, go ahead. Slip out of your eye right now. We want to pray with you. Just go. Make that move right now. Just go. People are moving. You go. If you need to go, you go right now. You go right now. Let's get some counselors back there, some of our our response team. You guys go. If you want to pray with somebody, you go. Say, man, I need encouraged today. Then you make that move. See, the unexpected has happened. I got a decision. I don't know what to do. Hey, you know what? Like I said, let's push through the pride. Say, I need to be prayed for today. You make your way to the back. You go right now. Just go. Just go if God is speaking to you right now. Maybe you're here and you need to give your life to Jesus. If today you're here and you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and you're making that decision today, you know in your heart that you need to make that decision today. Then right now where you're standing, I want to lead us in a prayer. And these aren't magic words, but this just helps you verbalize what's happening in your heart right now because God is saying to you, I want to save you. God is saying to you, I want to come into your life. So if you want to surrender your life to him right now, just pray this prayer silently. between you and God as you ask Jesus to save you. Say this, say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Jesus, I need you and thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died and came back to life for me. My life is yours. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. Amen. No one is looking around. Did you just make that decision? Did you just ask Jesus Christ to save you? Here's what I want to do. I just want to see your hands and celebrate with you today so I can pray for you. If you made that decision, if today you you want Jesus to save you, raise your hand right now so that I can just see that and pray for you today. Know that you made that decision. Just slip your hand up in the air right now. Anybody that's making that decision? If you are making that decision, look at me for just a second. On the back of that connection card, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Hey, would you do yourself a favor? Check that box, okay? Check that box, and on your way out in just a second, you can drop those cards off, give it to somebody. In the back of the room, though, we've got a free Bible and a green book called Seek First for everybody that's made that decision. Don't leave until you tell somebody what you want. Maybe God's leading you to take that step of baptism. We've got baptism coming up weeks, however God's leading you, let us know on the back of that card. Some of you are about to take a massive step because a lot of people, a lot of people are going to go through those doors right now and you're going to sign up for a life group. And it's going to be the best decision, one of the best decisions you've made this year. So I want to pray to you. Dear Jesus, thank you for everybody that's going to join a group. Thank you for church. It's not perfect. It's messy. It's real messy because we're real messy. Jesus, you are a perfect Savior. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that we're going to be a part of your church, of your people. And God, you can use us in each other's lives. So God, I pray that so many people go through those doors, pause for a second, and sign up for a group. If they don't do it today, they do it on the app. If they don't do it today or in the app, they go to the website. God, that people would make a move and they would shift from Jesus and me to Jesus and we. Jesus, we love you so much. It's in your name. Amen. Hey, Summit, listen to me. Right outside those doors are life group leaders that are just waiting for you to sign up for their group. They'd love to talk to you and serve you. So, guys, you're dismissed. We'll see you next week. But don't rush off, okay? Right out there in the lobby. Let's go sign up, sign up, sign up for a group. Make a move. Love you guys. Right outside those doors. Right outside those doors. Let's do it i Just...